Miami Connection. Oh my God! You introduced me to this, and it's been around for a while. What a fantastic film experience. That's Are you the, teasing Miami Connection right now? I'm we te- get right into it. I'm, I'm, we can jump right into it, man, because it. if you had to tell people, did you love the film? It's hard to say no, and not because it's a good film, yeah. but because it's a great experience that was made in earnest they were being authentic when they were doing that yeah and i can see why it didn't stand the test of time in 1987 when you came out like the same year predator and running man come up and you put miami connection at that time people are gonna be like what is this and then you took it to the and people were everybody was walking into this theater happy I saw people bringing friends. You brought a friend. You brought me. And you're just trying to explain it like you knew that you were just about to introduce the this person's world to something great. Well, the soundtrack is so good. It is. You know, that was probably the third time I've seen Miami Connection. I've seen it twice before. Seen it. I saw a screening of it, then watched it on video. That's the third time I've watched it. Um, yeah, it's just the music is so good. I, nothing... Like, I don't really laugh at any of it. Okay, no. what is it when Irving or James, uh, you know, gets the news about his dad and he gives us that speech? I don't think it's. I think it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's sad. It affects me in a sad way, and I think that's why this this movie, um, benefits from a lot of a lot of stuff. Yk Kim, Taekwondo instructor, is like a pillar of the community kind of guy. You know, yeah. you know when like neighborhoods have newsletters and they write about somebody from the the the, the neighborhood. Yeah, he's that guy on a huge scale. So he got so many favors. They they the cops are in this movie as cops. Yeah. Those are not costumes. He yes. got the actual cops from his neighborhood to show up. Um, the soundtrack is so great. Angelo Gennetti. fantastic. Yes, yeah, so good. And that to know I've that been the, listening to Tough Guys ever since uh, the when we saw it again. When I told you if I was still wrestling and I was a heel, I would be coming out to Tough Guys. I would be coming out to Tough Guys. It was so good. Let me just give the the quick rundown. If if anyone stumbles on this, Miami Connection is a 1987 independent martial arts film starring Y.K. Kim, who also wrote, produced the feature. Originally, the film was. Critically maligned and received poor box office returns upon release. It remained unseen for decades until the Draft House films restored it. And I'll, I'll let you get into that. But if you're, the pitch of this is a martial arts synth band versus cocaine ninjas. They're not a synth band. They're rock. Yeah. You think they're rock? They're, they're not, rock and roll, bro. Yeah. So you say, okay, so... Uh, a martial arts, rock and roll martial arts band versus cocaine ninjas. Rock and roll martial arts orphans band. Orphans, that's right. They're, they're a bunch of orphans versus <laughs> cocaine ninjas on motorcycles. <laughs> and Anthony, you 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 were there down there in Miami. You can you can attest to how authentic the experience was. If that really truly did feel like Anthony, a if you haven't connection. seen Miami Connection though, you should probably rent it. Yeah, and and. Rent it with an with an open heart and an open mind. What were you thinking? Let's just get because I feel like I was ve- I was very excited by the fact that how excited you were after the movie. Oh my god! Because I was just like I, I knew that it's a fun movie. You know that's why when I saw it on the schedule, I was like, let's cut the show short. Let's go see Miami Connection. It's a good show. It's a good show. I was like, you'll like it. But I didn't realize you'd like it this much. I freaking watched a video about it every day. I've already watched four documentaries about it. <laughs> I've listened to. 
all the I've listened to the soundtrack every day, and I've one hundred percent listened to the soundtrack in full blast before my kickboxing session. Before before any of the students came in, I was one hundred percent hitting the bags listening to that music. I mean, I went all in on this movie, and I can't get enough of it. I texted my friend Rich Uncle Chris uh, from Houston, and he's also he's always he I call him my entertainment prophet. He was into anime. He was into comics. He was into mangas. He was into this in the eight, late 80s. Before, like now, everybody's loving it. And he, that's when it was in a dark corner. And then I was like, he maybe he knows. And I just texted him really quick. I was like, Chris, did you ever see the movie Miami Connection? And he replied back with the quote, the only way to stop the violence <laughs> is for world peace. And I was like, what? I was like, how did he do this? And then he's like, yeah, I have the vinyl. He has the vinyl of Miami Connection. I was like, oh, I, I felt like... Only through the elimination of violence will we ever achieve world peace. Exactly. That's <laughs> what he texted me back. And I was like, holy cow. I was like, how, it's like everybody knew about this. Yeah. It is a fan. It's a, again, it's an experience. I would say this, to me, this trumps any midnight showing that you'd ever see of Rocky Horror Picture Show. I feel like... Uh, What's the one with, oh, hi, Mark, the open... The room. The room. I feel like this is more fun than those. Rocky Horror is good, and if Rocky Horror is fun, I feel like this is modern-day Rocky Horror, so it's a little bit more fun, but way more fun than The Room, because even though he was being earnest in that, it just... He really was trying to like create world peace through a martial arts movie. Well, for the most part, the movie is competently directed. Yeah, oh yeah. It's and the martial arts is legit. They're all shoot fighters. I don't remember the name of the second in command, but he kind of looks super dorky. But no, he would he would beat the crap out of you. Yeah, he um, looked like the uh, a, a tall, more ripped version of the lead from a last American virgin. Yeah. So I mean the thing <laughs> is you can't make a movie that's so bad it's good. Yeah. I think a lot of movies today suffer from that because it's just uh, it's a defense mechanism. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. Actually, I, I I know that I can't make it as good as I want, so I'm gonna just let you know that I'm joking. Yeah, and this movie doesn't do that. It is like you see the picture of YK Kim right here. He was not joking. No, he was about to cut up some cocaine ninjas <laughs> to achieve world peace. Yes, he was. <laughs> and so I th- love that scene. That slow mo and it freezing. I told you it reminded me of Emilio and the Wanderers. The slow motion. He's like, come on. Come on! Like you said, he was 100% earnest in that. And that's the thing. It's like, to make a movie that's so bad, it's good. You have to be trying to make a good movie. Yeah. Okay? And you have to be trying to make it sincerely. And that's what this movie has. Cocaine Bear, which is fine. It's entertainment. It's good. And it works. But it winks a little bit too much at the camera to let you know that we're just kidding. Yeah. Wacky Kim's not kidding. No, he's not kidding. He's not kidding. And you know what? Cocaine ninjas are a problem. In this movie, it's a huge problem. And only a band made up of Taekwondo orphans can solve it. <laughs> I love that it felt like they were in high school, but then it was they were in college. They and were they in were, college. They lived and Wanky Kim's obviously 40, and the rest of them are <laughs> in their 20s. Oh, and by the way, that was uh, Vincent, uh, Vincent Hirsch played John. He's the Irish-American bass guitarist of Dragon Sound and Jane's boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, man. That... Just 
you're right. It would be impossible if you wanted to set out and say, I want to make a movie like this and I want people to discover it 30 years later and I want them to love it. You couldn't do this on purpose. Like you couldn't set out to create the Miami connection experience, right? No, it's just, it's chemistry. It's an accident. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a, a beautiful accident for sure. So I was watching one of the documentaries I was watching had the, uh, the writer from suplex duplex complex. Check that out. If you want to see me dancing in my wrestling gear, but he said that he called like three different times just to, to YK Kim and they kept hanging up on him. They're like, no, this, they thought they're like, we're showing this film in Austin, Texas. We love it. People are loving it. And he kept hanging up on him. He's yeah. like, this has got to be a joke. Like he didn't even believe it at that point. Cause I think at that point he was pretty beat down to the point where they convinced him it wasn't good, even though he, in his heart he knew it wasn't good. So he just put it to the side, and he kept being successful at his Taekwondo school, right? I mean, because that was a really <laughs> and nice being house. being a pillar of the community. Yeah, I mean, that was a really nice house, too. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good way to put it. He was the kind of guy, like, everybody in that community was going to know who YK Kim was. Like, he was a pillar of the community. But I just really wish we could play... <laughs> The, I know we'd get cut off because I didn't realize how how popular the soundtrack was. Who owns those rights? Why well, Kim probably owns them. So he probably I, I hope so. I really do hope so. Or and Angelo Gennetti, but he deserves every dollar. And you got the privilege of seeing them perform. Live. I did. I did. I was at. It's crazy because I sent you the album, and there is a, a track where they're performing at Fantastic Fest, and I was at that show. And I did. I knew when I saw this, I knew nothing about the movie. I knew it was playing at Fantastic Fest and it was featured. What I had never seen it. I didn't know anything about it. But it was funny because the show we went to that show and it was Dragon Sound. They did the whole introduction. I had no idea that what was going on. They were playing, and then I realized these guys aren't playing anything. Like no one's playing <laughs> instruments at all. They're all just like bobbing their heads and like you know, <laughs> swerving side to side. And it was like, okay, well, it was just like a thing. And then I caught a screening of it. Uh, at the end of Fantastic Fest after the folks had already left. And it was it was awesome. It was great. Such a fun movie. Such a fun movie to see at the theaters. Oh, yeah. It was great to see it in front of a big crowd like that, too, to realize how much people... The crowd at Alamo was hopping for once. They were. And you, they were way I know... too quiet. They were way alive. They were. They were popping at all the right spots. And look, and, and they're like you said, you, you earnestly, when the sad parts were coming, <laughs> my mom was was <laughs> I can't, I don't even want to mimic it. My dad. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to mimic it. I just want you to go experience that. But there was uh, the sad parts were funny, <laughs> <laughs> but funny in a good way. Like I don't think we're laughing in a part where it wasn't coming from a mean spirit. It's not mean spirited. Yeah, I you're think not that's laughing the at the movie. You're laughing with the movie. Yes, because the parts that are good are really good. There's parts in here that could be in any 80s action movie. He's achieved, YKKM achieved something something here, you know? Obviously, um, he probably shouldn't have written the script. Yeah. Someone else should have written the script. I don't know if he wrote it or he didn't. But anyway, that part suffers, and that part brings it down. But uh, it's never not entertaining. No. 
No way. I wasn't entertained the entire time. It never felt like it it dragged on. It it's like you wanted more to go. Here's the thing. It was so it was 2009. I was talking about that writer Zach Carson, a programmer at the Alamo Draft House in Austin, found the film on eBay and made a winning blind bid of 50 bucks. Like there was two other films in there too, right? That he bid on, like he got three for fifty. It wasn't just Miami Connection. Yeah, he got three for fifty bucks, yeah. and they didn't have no idea of like the condition, what the films were, you know, what the thirty-five, what the uh, the condition the film was in. I mean, it could have been sitting in that storage forever. Do you have a? Uh, do you have it on Blu-ray or DVD? Or no, I don't. I don't own the movie. No, um, on any format. And that's why I was wondering. I was like, man, I think I've I, that film's like that feels like a film that you should own. Are you going to get yourself a physical I, yeah. copy? I think I am going to get myself a physical <laughs> copy. Wow. Yeah, because I was talking to Rich Uncle Chris in Houston, and he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I didn't get to see it in theaters, but anytime I get a chance, if someone, go, if someone crashes at my house, I'm more than likely going to be showing them Miami Connection. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we should do a Miami Connection screening. I would 100% do that, yeah. Once you get that Blu-ray, we could, we'll do a screening. Yeah. We'll show Miami Connection and something else. I'll program the second movie, and uh, we should do that because I think it's a great time. It is a hundred percent a great time, you know. And I feel like, in a way, if you think about it, when did Power Rangers started taking off in early nineties? Right, like ninety one, ninety two. I don't know, honestly. This feels like it was a little before its time, but I guess Adult Power Rangers is the closest you can come to think about the feel that you got. Remember when? I was a big mark for Power Rangers because I was wrestling at the time and I was really always looking for these gimmicks. I actually wanted to try to get a job as a putty. I was like, they probably need somebody that can take good bumps for these guys. How do we get a job as a putty? And then somebody said, well, you know, they just somebody bought a bunch of this footage from all these shows in Japan and then they cut this new footage in and they just spliced it together and made it a show like those that stuff that you're watching happened like years ago. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. But it's that same earnest vibe that yeah. somebody's somebody sees something great in what most people just kind of discarded. Yeah. Can you imagine going back into because you feel like he's got to have had. He's got a ton of notoriety now, and his school was packed, right? And he's still, he's probably like, would you not, if if in Austin, Texas, YK Kim had a Taekwondo class, you'd go, right? I would be a black belt by now. <laughs> I would be a fifth degree black belt in YK Kim Taekwondo. Exactly, that's what I'm saying, that he's prospering from this. So, yeah, he said after... This, so this was at the old Alamo that they were screening it at night, and it was getting really popular. So when he hung up on him a few times, Kim said, I was wondering why they wanted to distribute this movie that the public had rejected and Hollywood treated like trash 25 years ago. This has to be one of our time travel adventures. Once we start time traveling, like we talked about you know, in our Night of the Creeps episode, can you imagine going to see this? in its original form but people were probably walking out at that point no it would not be anywhere near the experience but i think if we do that time travel episode i think you should be in the movie <laughs> just make it just yeah just go get a spot in there that would be even better <laughs> i feel like you should be in that part where they keep calling each other son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> have you not watched it again? Like you've only watched the docs. I just watched all the documentaries. I haven't watched in full again. Like I don't know where to get it yet. I know I am going to be buying a physical. There copy. are significant parts of that movie that have to be ad libbed, but that one where they're just like, "You son of a bitch!" No, you son of a bitch! It's just back and forth. <laughs> there are so many great scenes. Like so, the the older brother Jeff, right? He. Insta- a friend yes <laughs> and then he just like punches him in the face <laughs> like for no reason he just literally just punches him in the face don't worry jeff is just a friend <laughs> a friend <laughs> and then the that scene and then the scene with the rival band who can't fight for anything just like this other band came and beat us up if you beat us up if you go beat them up and get us a job back we'll work for you <laughs> we'll join you up and then we'll any money we make is all yours so like, what a deal <laughs> it's just like he's just gonna work for him for free but yeah every part about this film i was like i think i even told you thank you for taking me to this because I, yeah i just can't believe i didn't have this in my life now i can't imagine not having it in life and and I'm, I guarantee you, Spotify wrap up 2023. That's it's going to be Miami Connection at the top of that list. Just like it was two years ago during the pandy when it was Judas. It's a 100 we're going to see against the ninja, tough guys, and friends. Friends to eternity, <laughs> loyalty, honesty. We'll stick together through thick and thin. <laughs> How many films show songs in their entirety like that didn't they just play the entire song most of the songs are in there yeah right they just played it in there a few times <laughs> so it was so good so yeah if you get a chance run don't walk to experience miami connection and do your best if you can to watch it with a crowd if you can see it in the theaters with a bunch of open-minded people do it if you can't see it in theaters Make sure you have that set of friends that are also very open-minded to an experience and go check it and then watch that at home. Because, of course, there's a list of people that, that you'd go to the movies with like, no, I would never, I would not take this person. So you do have to have the right people, right? Like, because, you know, we talk about this. You, you cut a promo on Alamo telling them to lighten up because you need the crowd to be lively, right? I need the crowd to go ahead and react to the movie. Yes, uh, like I just I think that Alamo's warnings have gotten too serious at the front of the movie. Okay, like they had that they had that promo a few years ago where it's like somebody called into Alamo and they literally put him on blast in front of the movie. Okay, like I mean that her obviously she sounded like an idiot. To, uh, uh, whatever. Oh yeah, she. Was but it's drunk just too. like okay, like is that's a, that's a little unnecessary. We get it. <laughs> I don't. I, I I think you've got to let folks react. People react at church. They say movie theaters, my church. At my church, people react. They sing, <laughs> they dance, they do all that stuff. People should be able to do that. Have you ever seen the Blues Brothers? <laughs> oh yeah. You gotta let folks react to the movie anyway. Yeah. But for some reason, Miami Connection was an outlier. Yeah. They reacted more to that than Return of the Living Dead, Lawnmower Man. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, it was, people were so into it. Yeah, they really were. They were just so into it. And I, and again, comedies are funnier when people around you are laughing. Horror movies are scarier when people are around you scaring. They don't have to be talking to the screen and dialogue. But when you see people like legitimately get scared, I pop. I pop. I was just like, 
I wish the director can see this. Like, I, there's that part of me. You know, you always hear directors say, yeah, I, I bought a ticket and I snuck into the back just so I can watch people react. Yeah. I appreciate that. Like, yeah. they're, they're, they're trying to... And you know, you've made films. It's not easy to do take after take after take. And you can kind of get lost. Like, I don't know, is that joke funny still? Because yeah. you realize you've heard it 50 times. That doesn't mean the first time one person's going to hear it, that they're not going to laugh. Yeah. And when you're making a movie or a, any kind of piece of video, or whatever, you're just looking at the pieces you're shooting. It's like, is this going to even work? Can yeah. we put this together into something? We, that, we don't know. We have no idea. That's got to be the hardest part of filmmaking of real life. When you get so lost in the film and you watch it over and over and over again, can you stay objective and realize kind of stay the course right because it's probably easier for like a, a first draft and you're like oh you crumble up and throw it away but you don't know you could there could have been some magic in there but you just got tired of seeing it yeah i'm pretty worn out but i don't think that happened in miami connection because i don't think there's much edited out of there <laughs> yeah and most of it is really good like there's nothing to cut out even the parts that people laugh at we've got the you know the whole dad subplot it's good. It makes sense in the movie. <laughs> From an editorial standpoint, it should be in there. I mean, I think they just laughed in the sense of like... Oh, you know what I would play after this and the screening? What's that? I would play Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Both coasts, cover the coast, man. Yeah, yeah that would be a great... I would, that would be a huge double billing. I would love to actually... You know, we were going to do a spot and talking about... Um, Video archives. Yeah. And you you can get them to read your question on a show, but you, you have, to, have you have to write, write them an actual letter. Yeah, you have to actually write them a letter. And this was the first time I've like after watching this film, I was like, should we write him a letter as us and just ask about films like this? Because what's his take? Yeah. What's Quentin Tar Tarantino's take? And I'd like to hear Roger Avery's take too on movies like this that are you know, were considered bad, but then later on they become these cult favorites. Like, do they still look at it as objectively as they would? Is, is this a good script? Are these good performances? Or do they look at it as like, wow, that's a really fun experience. Here is the $64 question. <laughs> <laughs> is Miami Connection a film or a movie? I would put it as a, even though it was shot on film, I would say it's a movie. Yeah. It's an event. It's an experience. Yeah. I experienced Miami Connection more than I watched Miami Connection. But here's here's just my response. is like the, Mike, the Miami Connection, as hilarious as it is and as fun as it is, it was trying to achieve world peace. It was. They weren't. Miami Connection was not made as a comedy. It was aiming high. Yeah. World peace would have been achieved had this movie worked. Yeah. The world... Wasn't ready for world peace. I don't know even know if the world's ready for world peace now. I don't know. Might be time for a Miami Connection too. Oh my god, we didn't talk about that. Could a could a sequel be accomplished? I think if they did it now, right now, it'd be over, and they would Draft House vending machine would sell a million copies. Uh, I think it would do well. You, you probably don't need a huge budget, but it's a huge pain in the butt to try and make a movie. <laughs> YK Cam is probably super successful He's a lot older He's like Do I want to really go Run through the street With a sword <laughs> As a joke I would book him As uh, the Mr. Miyagi character And have him do less But still be in the film Yeah I would get The son Of 
John, the bass player, and Jeff's sister, their child would be trained by YK Kim for new new cocaine ninjas. But it would probably be like Molly Marauders more than cocaine ninjas, right? Like, what's the new drug of choice? Would it still be cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Fentanyl something. Fent- yeah. <laughs> fentanyl. The fentanyl fighters? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>